Welcome to Huddle. Today is the day the Lord has made, and it is beautiful out for November, isn't it? We're grateful for that in our spirit. I think we got a few more days of warm weather, and the winter might be coming if you look ahead. But uh, we're grateful for today. So, welcome to Huddle. Uh, if you could, silence your cell phones, please. Uh, wasn't lunch great today? Thank the ladies for serving us all. Uh, if you guys can just sign in too, that helps us uh, as, a, as a board to know who's here. And um, just looking forward to what uh, God is going to do here in a few minutes. Will Price is on the board. A lot of you guys know Brother Will Price. Uh, his wife, Vicki, is in Wahlberg right now in room 216. And um, he wanted us to pray at the tables at the end for his wife. She can't walk right now, so trying to, to rehab there. So uh, how cool is a bunch of men to be able to lift her up? here uh, during the time you guys pray at the end. So with that, our speaker is uh, Pastor Ramon Oglesby. Come on up. We'll pray and get going. <laughs> Father God, just thank you for just being God. Thank you for being the creator of all things that is good, including today and including this man next to me. He does so much for our community. He's a a humble servant of you, Lord, and we're so grateful for Ramon and his life and his journey and his testimony. And we just ask you to challenge our hearts, Lord, over these next few minutes so that we may go out and just glorify you. We love you so much. Amen. 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 I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless. I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come. To be our God and our Father. We thank you today because what you do is great. And we realize, God, you've put us in a place where you can see us constantly. You have not casted us far off from yourself, but rather by your gracious hand, even with our human experiences, you allow us space around you. So God, we ask that even while we're here, that you would speak to our hearts, our minds, give us what it is you would have us to know, what it is you would have us to receive for this hour, so that our lives after this hour is better. And we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. It's good to be here uh, this afternoon with you all. I'm Ramon Roderick Ogilisby. Um I am a pastor here in town. Uh, I also am a um, chaplain. So where I don't 
pastor of a large group. Um, I chaplain one. And uh, I've seen a lot of things in my life. And one of the things that I've seen is that men have lives that they're living. Everybody's experiences are different. But men have lives that they're living. And it's not absent the fact that these men are attempting to do things that are correct. However, after reading the Bible and self-help books, men are finding that no matter where they go, they always seem to appear. There is a reality, and the reality is that we cannot escape ourselves. True. Yep, got an amen, so I know I'm kind of like in the right room. Right. Um, <laughs> like, you know, 1% of us um, are in agreement. <laughs> but hopefully by the end of this suggestion or conversation that we'll have today, you might be able to see where you are a lot like the person who might be sitting at the table with you. Life gives us what is, um, well, our experiences give us this thing that we call a, um, a perspective. Okay, so I know where I'm going. You all don't. Just follow me down the road just a little ways, and then we may be there together. We have this thing, and it's called perspective. From my vantage point, I'm able to see what I see. Right? What I am looking at from my perspective is my reality. However, I see that there are other people, other situations, and those other situations are realities for those individuals, but for those individuals' situations or experiences that are happening, on my part, I can only perceive, right? It's not my perspective, but it's now my perception as to what might be happening in that environment, in that, in that person's mind. Or, so I have a perspective, but I also have a perception as to what might be somebody else's reality. And then there's one other P that we need to add to these, and it is projection. True. That I have a perception and then I have a perspective, but it gets back to me and I now want to project my perception from my perspective on others. And that 
is where I always tend to think from, work from, and converse from. That being said, no matter what new information I may be receiving, if I'm using those sensory skills, I am going to be set in a certain way of thinking that no matter what anybody else says, no matter even what information I might read, if I am that three Ps, I now have a problem. All right, I think that means, yeah, come on with it. So here, today we, well, I'll give you a case in point. Just so you all ever heard the, the uh, saying that um, the grass is greener on the other side? You never heard that before. All right. So then, <laughs> yeah, it's not. What I found out by talking to people and just being open is that the grass isn't greener on the other side. It just rains more often over there. And I talked to the fellow on the other side. And his thoughts are, the sunbeams always seem to be shining on that side, while rain clouds are always hanging over mine. And that is the reality of our lives. Sometimes we're thinking that somebody else's situation is greater Somebody else's thing is, is better than mine. Or we can sometimes get in a frame of mind that somebody else's thing is worse than mine. You don't believe me? Ask me. There are people who feel sorry for me because I'm a preacher. They feel sorry. You chose that career path. And you guys are broke. That's, what, that's their perception of it. But I'd like to tell you, that's not quite my experience. Like, I'm having a good time over here, you know? Like, this is the best thing since sliced bread, right? So here, um, we have this thing that is happening in society where men are not able to escape themselves. I talked about, you know, that's like from a fluffy point of view, uh, the example, because I wanted to give an introduction that wasn't doom and gloom. But the reality is this, ladies, oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. Um, I'm used to saying ladies and gentlemen. Well, okay, they turned the mic off on me. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I just, it, was a, it, was a, it was a Freudian slip. Uh, it probably needs a battery. But I can talk loud enough for, until the battery. The reality is this, um, everyone in the room. Um, we have, we have uh, attempted in many ways to escape the reality of us being us. We've, we've attempted to escape, to eradicate 
to eliminate this thing that we call ourselves. We've, we've, uh, we've, we've, uh, we've medicated, right? Right. Some of us, without a cup of coffee, will be real um, ourselves. And then after, after a cup of coffee, you know, we realize we could be less ourselves, right? There are stronger medications that, you know, we've, we figured out we could take that make us even less of ourselves. Some of us, our wives help us not be our normal selves. Others of us, you know what? I think I like this way better. But 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 you all are you recording? Oh so I can be myself. Alright, so we'll do this. Um, others of us, there are other things that causes us uh, to to kind of knock the rough edges off of ourselves. I'm reminded in the Bible that there was, oh, I'm sorry. I'm reminded in an ancient book of wisdom, <laughs> being the chaplain here for a minute, ancient book of wisdom of a story of an individual who was a person who he was created to be from a tutelage that we might considered not the greatest leader or greatest tutor for a human being. It's found in the, um, it's found in the book of Genesis. The guy's name is, um, is Jacob. Jacob had a mother who loved him but who taught him some really mm, erroneous characteristics in which to live by. She, if you all remember the story, advised her son Jacob to trick his father. And he then used that trickery or that thought process that his mother, you know, was kind of teaching him to do. He tricked his brother. When he tricked his brother and then tricked his father, his tricks landed him in a situation where he had to run. And today, that's the first point that I'd like to make. And it is you cannot run from you. You cannot run from you. What happened was after Jacob had tricked his brother with a, with a bowl of soup, tricked him out of his birthright, his brother probably was thinking, okay, he, he's not the greatest guy, but dad is the one who gives away birthrights. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But when Jacob tricked his father and his brother 
found out. His brother made a statement that made Jacob have to make an immediate decision. His brother said, when I'm done mourning my father, I'm going to kill my brother. And when he said that, uh, Jacob kind of thought this would be a good time <laughs> before the morning hours are done that I get, you know, get gone. And I'm sure that when he left, he was thinking, man, I made the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. I'm never going to do that again. Has anybody ever asked that question? Or has anybody ever made that statement? I'm never going to do this again. Lord, if you get me. I'm sorry. You all, I kind of get loud when I'm talking. Is it, is it okay? Lord, if you get me out of this one, I promise I'm never going to do this again. And so what we get is a Jacob on the run. Jacob gets to where his mother said would be safety, which is his uncle Laban's house. And he sees this woman, he falls in love. It happens to be his cousin, but we ain't talking about all that right now. Uh, he falls in love. He works for this woman because that was what you were supposed to do for ladies. Somebody should probably mention that to me in these days. However the case may be, we'll move beyond that point. That he works for this woman for seven years and then his uncle does to him what he did to his brother. He tricked him and gave him a sister who had a lazy eye, who obviously wasn't that attractive. And Jacob was very upset about that. Y'all don't know the story, let me tell you. It's an ancient book of history. Jacob was obviously very upset about that, and his uncle knew that was not like the best thing, so he tells him immediately, no, 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 I know what it is you want. But you're going to have to work some more for this one because you're going to get two out the deal. So Jacob works. And then he realizes, I've been working here for 14 years or more, and I don't have nothing to show for it. And so what he does is he makes a deal with the uncle that, you know, at the end of the day, I need something. So the uncle and him come up with this agreement. Jacob then finds out a little, uh, what they call a, um, uh, what, what do they call that? Um, he, oh, he, he figured out a play that he could do on his uncle. He figured out how to backdoor his uncle and end up with more stuff than even his uncle had. Now, I don't know what told Jacob this would be okay with the uncle. That he would walk away from the uncle's farm with more than the uncle had on the farm. I don't know where in America, I'm sorry, Israel that works. But he, in his mind, thought this would be a good deal. But something obviously tipped him off that Uncle Laban wasn't cool and wouldn't be cool with this transaction. So in the night, he sneaks off. Y'all know what he's doing? He's running again. He sneaks off with Uncle Laban's two daughters, who happen to be his cousins. But I'm not going to expostulate too long on that matter. He's running down the road, and Uncle Laban catches up with him. And Uncle Laban says, you know you ain't right. And, and he says, yeah. And Uncle Laban says, look, because you're related to me, I'm not going to kill you. But you deserve it. We're going to leave here peacefully because you're leaving. But don't do this no more. 
I'm sure Jacob was standing there like, man, I dodged a bullet. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> Anybody ever said that before? You want to know what happened? Jacob eventually finds himself laying in dirt, using as a pillow a rock. Having a sleepless night, wondering, because he ain't talked to his brother since he left, wondering if this brother's gonna still kill me or not, because he's got nowhere else to go. He then sees these angels ascending and descending on a ladder to heaven. You wanna know what Jacob did? Jacob knew he needed God's blessing. But somehow he thought he could trick God out of a blessing. So he grabs an angel and starts wrestling with the angel. He still doesn't figure out you cannot trick your way to heaven. Y'all missed that point. You can't trick your way to heaven. I, I don't care what God shows you. If he does not give it to you, it's not yours. Jacob thought he could trick his way, finagle his way, backdoor his way to heaven. But Jesus qualified it when he said that if any man is going to get to God, He's going to have to come by way of me. And that's got to be a certain thing that he's willing to do. He's going to have to pick up a cross and follow me. He said that there's only one way into the sheepfold. And we made a song off of it. Too high, you can't go over. Too low, you can't go under. Too wide, you can't go around it. You've got to come in at the door. This was for folks who thought they could trick their way to heaven. They thought they could religiousize their way to heaven. These are made up words. I don't know if you all are picking up on it. We're, we're in a conversation. As long as you know what I'm saying, it's considered okay. You cannot, uh, you cannot bamboozle, right? Snowball, you cannot trick God into believing you are in a good relationship with him. Of course, you can fool us. My mama always said that you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you'll never fool all the people all the time. Well, I want to add this little part since I'm the preacher in the room, and you can't fool God none of the time. None of the time can you fool God. He knows. So it becomes important that if you're going to show up everywhere you go, you have got to allow God to create a new you. Um, I, I get excited when I think about that. Because there have been people who've tried. I mean, give, give the best try in the world. I know people that, as long as they're in jail or prison, 
Oh my God. Read the Bible every day. Quote scriptures and teach other people amongst the, 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 uh, the people how to live amongst each other and be okay, you know, civil justice of peace. But you let him out of jail and you got a totally different person. The real him shows up. Oh, if you put him on paper and put a tether on his leg and make him report down the, downtown to a, a reporter person, what's they call? Yeah, y'all know about it too. Long as they got that, they're they flying straight. They know they can't go to certain places because it'll be picked up on the register down there somehow. I don't know how all that works, but good gracious. They know that it, it, it's a thing. And as long as they got that looming over them, they are the pagans of, uh, uh, the, the, the pagans of virtue. But as soon as the rope is lengthened and what they think is the freedom and absence of view, the real them shows up. And it's not their fault here in our uh, scripture, Romans, the seventh chapter. And I believe I had it here, verse 15. It says, I, this is Paul talking, right? Paul, who had been, uh, uh, he had been, um, his name had been changed from Saul. He was a persecutor of the saints. Right. And now he's a dude who's trying to fly right. Here's his words. He says, I do not understand what I'm doing. For what I want to do. I don't do that. But what I hate. The thing I've been trying to run from. The thing I've been trying to get away from. The thing. I know that I should not be drawn to. Somehow that is the thing I find myself always around, always doing. Always it's calling for me. In this room, I want us to know that that reality is not, a, it's not an anomaly. It's not, it's not an unusual thing. You may be looking at other people and perceiving that they don't have a problem. But I want you to know, we're all in this together. Amen. The reason why it is powerful for us to come together on Wednesdays at noon is because it's a recognition that we're all in this thing together. Amen. This, this running from ourselves has to be eventually seen as something that will not work. Right. Not only did Jacob try to run, you all know the story of Jonah. He tried to run. The way the story of Jonah goes is uh, Jonah was told by God uh, to go down and preach to Nineveh. And Jonah decided which way he would go. So he boarded a ship and went down below. The ship began to rock from side to side. 
and everybody on board had trouble in mind. They searched the ship down in the deep and they found this Hebrew fast asleep. They said, wake up Hebrew, tell us your name. He says, my name is Jonah and I'm fleeing from the king. You all are in trouble on account of me. If you throw me overboard, this ship can go free. Y'all don't remember the story? Yeah. Jonah tried to run and found out God wasn't lost. Here, what we've got to recognize is that this isn't the first time a person has tried to run from themselves. You all remember Peter? Peter found out who he really was. Jesus told Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I love you. He says, do you love me more than these? Peter says, yeah, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Jesus said, they're going to be uh, these people who are around me and call themselves my disciples. They're going to leave me. Peter says to Jesus, I'm not going to leave you. Jesus says to Peter, you will. You're going to try to run from yourself. But Peter, I'm here to tell you, when you find the real you, I want you to point other men who are lost to who they really are too. That's what he says. He says, and when thou art converted, strengthen your brother. Today, I tell you that Peter found out on the side of a fire warming himself while his master was being tormented. Him being questioned as to the relationship that he had with him. He tried to deny who he really was. But there was something that had been born in him. A new man that had been born in him that at this point he would never be able to run away from. Ah! You see, he who is in Christ, he's a new man. The old things at that point are gone and this new man fights and attempts to appear today as we leave man so did you say 15 minutes to (laughs) something just hit me I want to tell you can I tell you all this in life we all have to have hope of something that is bigger than us because life teaches and trains us we're not big enough. When I was a little boy, I wanted to be like my big brother. I'm now a foot taller than my big brother. And you wanna know what I found out? That I'm still not big enough. And without hope of something bigger, my life is worthless. Hope is what we also have to give to others. There was a man who um, was a scientist. He was a Harvard graduate. And he was a scientist at, I believe it was John Hopkins. And he did a study with rats to see how long rats could swim. I think his name was uh, Richies. 
He did a, a, a scientific study to see how long a rat could swim. He put a rat in circulating water in, in a bucket with high walls. And that rat swam. And he swam and he swam. And for 11 minutes, that rat swam and eventually succumbed and drowned. He took another rat. He put that rat in that circulating bucket of water. He let that rat swim for about 10 minutes. And then he reached down in the bucket, pulled the rat out of the bucket, sat it on the counter, dried it off, and then plunged it back into the bucket of circulating water. You want to know what happened to that rat? That rat swam for 60 hours. Wow. Look it up. You want to know what he attributed to the rat being able to swim for 60 hours when he was about to expire just like the previous rat in about 10 minutes? You want to know what he attributed to that rat being able to swim now for 60 hours? That that temporary moment of being rescued caused him to have a mental Lord have mercy that caused him to now go beyond himself and rely on something that was bigger here in this room I want you to know that there is something bigger so I want you to know something bigger that's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks we are going to look to something bigger. I digress. Thank you for your time. You all be blessed. Is this his phone? Might be. It's not his? 